0: Chapter Twenty-Eight of Order Number Eleven. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Order Number Eleven by Carolyn Abbott Stanley. Chapter Twenty-Eight: Fightings Without and Fears Within. Virginia Trevellian did not sleep much that night. With the quieting of her active fears, the ones that had been held in check became rampant. What was it Beverly had had to tell her that he knew would hurt her? Hurt her cruelly, was what he said. It was something about Lois Chandler, that much was certain. Oh, if he could only have finished. Now it might be months before she would know, for they seldom knew where Beverly was long enough to write to him she went over every word he had said every look on his face every tender caressing motion he had made as if he would shield her from something that threatened her what was it what could it be that he blamed himself for not telling her before and so the weary hours wore on she woke sally once with her restlessness what is it verge nothing i can't get to sleep oh don't worry about them they are safe have you said the multiplication table yes well said sally sleepily try the sheep i have but they won't stop jumping then intermittently sally was almost off now get up and bathe your face and say and say your prayers and virginia bathed her face and said her prayers more than that she prayed and prayed desperately she told nothing at home of what beverly had said to her it was nobody's concern but hers she told herself and hers it should remain and as the victim of a mortal disease instinctively guards her secret and hides her pain so virginia hid hers and let it eat into her soul if she had only told her mother but she could not she had never told her mother even of her love how could she tell her now of the blasting of it she could only think and think and think and go to bed to dream of it and rise up again to think such a conflict is hard on a girl virginia grew thin and hollow-eyed in all her dwelling on this subject she had never had a thought of anything worse than that lois by some charm of face or form had won her lover away from her that she had been able to do this seemed so astounding that she thought of it in a kind of dazed bewilderment it seemed inexplicable that gordon of all men should have fallen under a spell like that then she thought of what she had heard some ladies say once about how men often passed by girls of worth and lost their senses over mere physical beauty and lois was the most perfectly beautiful girl she had ever seen in her life she would say that much for her but gordon a man like gordon what could he find in her to attract him except her face she felt strangely humiliated it seemed monstrous to her that lois chandler a girl for whom she had always felt a sort of condescending pity should suddenly step to a place beside her as a rival and when it was all over between herself and him as of course it would be would he ever marry lois lois chandler she said it with scornful emphasis there came to her just then the recollection of something miss Nanny had told her years ago about a conversation that she and beverly had had once about this very thing she had forgotten about it entirely or thought she had sometimes things lie dormant in the mind a long time and then wake up as fresh as ever but if gordon had fallen into any such infatuation it was probably more her fault than his she had wondered sometimes if lois were not a little vain she was so pretty yes probably then all at once beverly's words came to her with a new a sinister force it is always the man that is the most to to what to blame was that what beverly was going to say and to blame for what the flitting of a base thought came to her she clenched her hands and stared about her feeling stunned no she put the very suggestion from her with a sick loathing it seemed to her white innocence like an emanation from the pit girls were not as wise then in the ways of this wicked world as they are in these days when they know more than the mothers that bore them the searchlight of newspaper comment and feminine gossip had not then been turned upon virtue and its lamentable lack as a topic of absorbing interest virginia and sally and the rest had been shielded from much that blights by simple-hearted mothers who said wisely or unwisely take your choice between the terms whatsoever things are pure my child whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are of good report think of these things perhaps they were wrong the mother of us all gained insight when she ate of the tree of knowledge but it blasted eden the suggestion that came to virginia she spurned as dishonouring to gordon and to herself beverly could never never have meant that her cheeks flamed that she should have had such a thought but a doubt injected into the mind that exactly the right moment is a very persistent thing virginia could not stamp the life out of this one try as she might she thought about it telling herself it could not possibly be until it grew to fill the universe one day she and miss Nanny were sitting together with no one else around virginia sat facing the sun which hung in the west a great fiery disk just above the horizon she had one eye closed and her finger held close to the other so close that it shut out all the glory of that western sky aunt nan she said did you ever notice that you can let a little thing like the end of your finger come between you and the sun till you can hardly believe that the sun is there yes often you hold your finger so close to you that you see things out of proportion but the sun is there just the same and everybody else can see it and you could see it only you have this thing in front of you that shuts out everything else her voice had an eagerness unusual in those days exactly said miss nanny things are not really changed by our way of looking at them but they are changed for us so that sometimes we don't really see them as they are sometimes yes she was silent a moment and then she asked aunt nan do you suppose anything ever gets in front of our mental vision and comes so close to us and looks so black that it shuts out the light in the same way so that we can't see things as they are i don't know what you're driving at virginia but nobody ought ever to see black things and call them white right is right and wrong is wrong and you can't make anything else out of them no matter how you look the bible says woe unto them that call evil good and put darkness for light does that answer your question no said virginia sharply it doesn't answer it at all not at all and miss nanny was pretty sure from the emphasis of her denial that it did it was not long after this that mrs trevelyan said to miss nanny Nan. I believe there's something preying on virginia's mind have you noticed how thin she's getting and how little she eats oh nonsense returned miss nanny who had noticed it with growing concern but did not wish to let her sister-in-law know it it's because there's nothing left that's fit to eat you can't expect anybody to have a ravenous appetite for corn bread and rye coffee it's your imagination i'm not very imaginative you suppose it can have anything to do with gordon i often wonder how much there is between them i used to think there was a good deal said miss nanny or would be sometime but here lately she seems so indifferent when he is spoken of that i hardly know what to think he writes to her just the same yes but i don't think she writes to him as often sometimes i have thought that she really does care for him and is worrying because she feels that we would not approve of it because he is on the union side but dear child i don't believe it is that it is more likely to be some little misunderstanding between them those things seem wonderfully big to a girl of virginia's age sometimes miss nanny gave a ghost of a sigh she had been virginia's age herself once and a little misunderstanding had arisen that had blotted out the sun for her she thought of what virginia had said the other day she had been wondering about it ever since suppose you ask her about it sister betty don't let it go on mrs trevelyan shook her head no nan every heart knoweth its own bitterness and a stranger even a mother intermeddleth not she felt intuitively that this was not a matter for even her light touch but her heart ached for the child with the thought in her mind that she had suggested to miss nanny she took occasion to speak much with her daughter about gordon dwelling upon his gentleness his consideration for those of low estate and his perfect truthfulness miss lavinia used to say When there had been any trouble, wait till Gordon Lay comes. I'll get the straight of it then. She always felt that Gordon was so perfectly trustworthy, so little governed by passion of any kind. It was always principle with Gordon Lay, she used to say. Virginia listened to it all without reply. It was as when the virtues of the dead are extolled to those that are bereft. If only he were dead instead of false, she might listen to it all and be comforted. One day, when they were alone, her mother spoke to her again with kindliest words of Gordon. She wanted to make it clear to Virginia that no differences of political opinion were as anything compared with nobleness of character. He is so careful of the reputation of others, she said that is a rare trait my child a chivalrous trait you know how he always defended lois chandler when people called her bold after that foolish affair of the readings he was talking about her the last time i saw him the time you missed seeing him and he spoke so beautifully about her being motherless it really quite touched me virginia rose with a look of dumb pain in her face that smote her mother's heart virginia my child what is it tell your mother and let her help you it is nothing mother nothing at all i'm only tired i think i will lie down a while and mrs trevelyan felt herself shut out ah how true it is and how hard it is that we who have borne the pangs of maternity and would brave death if need be for our children may not always in the crises of life enter into their holy of holies End of chapter twenty eight recording by john brandon